So you work in an app. Correct. The first time I met you, you were yeah. working in an app. Correct. So how did you get started? And what is the app about? Okay, so um, let me kind of break it down. How did I get started? I, yeah. I fell into the technology world. Okay, okay. how so? Um, it was a long route. Uh, my background is in the healthcare. Okay. And through healthcare, I landed... Uh, working with Cardinal Health in terms of standing up uh, ideas, technology ideas. Okay. And from there, through networking the community. Okay. Through networking the community, especially in the startup community. Okay. Uh, one thing led to another. I've I've met up with people that uh, we clicked, nice. and an idea came for a, a service, and that's really how the product we call it, the app came about. So, the app was an afterthought. The original idea was a service. How do we do X uh, with Y tools? And that's really how the idea of the app came about. Oh, okay. What is yeah. the app about? The app, original app, was based on how can we make a healthcare uh, provision mm -hmm. and healthcare documentation as simple as uh, one click. Okay. Yeah, so that was the original goal. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's simplifying things. It's very simplifying. Okay. And at the same time, you, I'm sure you know somebody who's in the healthcare space yourself, you understand the importance of HIPAA, HIPAA compliance, uh, patient data uh, security, and so on and so forth. So for us, we needed to look at and ask the question, how can we make the process smooth, seamless, but at the same time secure? Um, traditional tools, uh, software, were typically web-based, okay. uh, computer-based. Okay. Um, and healthcare, as you know, is very, very complicated, very complex process. So for us, we need to kind of take a step back and say, you know, we're in the 21st century, uh, everything is moving mobile. Um, how can we make sure healthcare catches up? And specifically, how can we ensure the process of giving healthcare, documenting um, health data, sensitive health data, how can that be captured on a mobile platform? Gotcha. And that's really the, the, the essence of the app. So we almost kind of had to work backwards and ask the question, okay, what data do we want to capture? What environment or what setting do we want to capture it? And then how do we translate that into a mobile uh, platform? Okay. Yeah. And um, as far as um, what kind of feedback did you receive? So originally when we went about doing this, we went through a very, very uh, structured process. Uh, typically in the technology community, in the startup community, mm -hmm. um, if you're very fortunate, you'll go into a process, a very deliberate process. So the first thing we did was initially do some what's called a customer validation, being able to get out the door. So let's say that you and I now come up with an idea. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to transform, uh, we call it X industry with uh, Y service or Y solution. So part of the process, the initial process is you and I and a few other people brainstorming the idea, mm -hmm. trying to figure out, does this make sense? Is this a, a reasonable solution? Kind of sort of like a green light session. A green light, kind of a green light session. Okay. Um, and then from there, you move on to the next stage, which is taking this to the community, okay. taking it to your target audience, mm -hmm. put it in front of them. Is this something that's suitable for you? Is this something that may be of interest to you? And critically, is this something you're willing to pay for? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to give you, we call it, the honest feedback. Um, yeah, again, if you're new to the industry, first thing's going to happen is everybody, generally speaking, are courteous enough not to say, no, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be very and smart. That is the challenge. It's, it's, because it's the human condition. Right, right, we, right. Human conditions, we have a hard time in... Saying... <laughs> not, not necessarily saying no, in letting people down. Gotcha. So that's really... A, so you kind of have to read between the lines. Like having almost ha almost kind of shy of giving constructive feedback. Correct. We, we, we hide away... Uh, and you know, it makes sense. You know, from a, a social context, uh -huh, you don't you uh -huh. don't want to be seen as a prior. 
but generally speaking, people are not going to give you their honest opinion right off the bat, mm-hmm. unless they do, mm-hmm. unless unless they know you. So for us, we had to do multiple settings, multiple okay. sit downs. Um, different members of our group would typically go out and repeat the same we call it um, questions. Okay, we want to see if we get the same feedback. So that way, we're ensuring that the the feedback I got or the feedback the, the other individuals got is consistent. And that we are not being, I don't, I don't want to say misled because that's not the right term, mm-hmm. but we're not getting what's called false positive. Gotcha. Okay, a, a signal that you think is positive, but in essence isn't uh, correct. So what did that research lead you to? So the research, what we got to was a number of things. What we, when, we, when we sat down with the stakeholders, the people who will be using the, mm-hmm. the product and the platform, we got to mixed feedback, uh, which was actually expected. Uh, where I guess we have been drilled to think that if you get 100% positive feedback, there's a question mark. And if you get a 100% negative feedback, there's a question mark. Right. So you have to be very careful. So mm-hmm. the, the feedback we got was, yes, this is something that's going to make our life a lot easier, a lot simpler. Um, however, we have this issue or we have this regulation or we have these challenges. How are you going to overcome? So, and, and that was really valuable for us because what it did was, um, and this is a great thing, our customers were basically our internal engineers. Okay. They're the ones who were able to say, well, actually, um, I don't want that feature. I would prefer to have this feature. Because okay. remember, we, when we began the initial brainstorming, uh, we did it in a bubble. It was a group of individuals who thought the idea was good. So once you get out there into the community, once you get out there into the business world, um, and a lot of your misconception, rightly so, are going to come up as being incorrect. Right. So what it does for us and what, what it should do in terms of the customer discovery phase is it allows you to really be able to hone in mm-hmm. the features that are going to be critical to the market, not necessarily features that are of interest to you. And that's really the takeaway we got from that phase. So in, now having this feedback yeah. and actually kind of sort of uh, testing the water. Correct. Um, the what happened after that? Like how, yeah. what, so so the I'm going to give you, okay. so, so you, I'm, I'm glad you're asking this. Okay. So, so I'm going to give you um, the kind of the product roadmap. Okay. Because it was a product, but then it evolved into a business. Okay. And that involved different dynamics. Okay. So without okay. confusing okay. your audience, I'll try to stick to the, the, the product phase, okay? okay? So typically, once you do your initial, uh, what's called the customer validation, again, mm-hmm. you, you get out the door, you're out there in the marketplace, and you really ask the questions. And and again, this is where you, this is the most critical part, because what you're trying to avoid is building the wrong, wrong type of product right. for the market. So you have to have a thick skin, uh, you have to be willing to let go of your own preconceptions. It's really critical. And you have to be able to listen. This is called an active listening. Again, this is this was totally new to me. Right. So for me, this was a, as much of a journey for me as it was a journey for the product development phase. So you kind of ask, you kind of have to listen and listen very, very closely. Uh, but more importantly, you have to be very, very discerning in terms of, okay, so client A is going to say, well, this feature is critical for my business. Client B is going to say, well, this feature is, is critical for my business, and so on and so forth. So you need to be able to capture all of that data set and ask the real the hard questions. Which features 
are critical for all clients and which features are kind of like, you know, what's a need and what's a right. want. Right. Does that make sense yeah, to you? Yeah, big, big time. Big yeah. Time, big so, time. so once you get that data, you, again, you have to, ideally what you want to do is you want to be able to test it a number of times. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that the data you're getting back, the results you're getting back isn't a false positive. Uh, from that phase, you move on to the next phase, which is equally critical. And we typically call that um, building out a minimal viable product or an MVP. And the goal with that is can you put together the minimum amount of um, features for your product that would allow a client to use, but use it in day-to-day activity, okay? And then can you build that uh, with the resources you have at hand? <laughs> so there's a, there's, there's a couple of things that are happening right there. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. I was so I'm sure you can point to have yeah. the resource. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. But uh, what I really like is mm-hmm. the way you're describing is that you are kind of sort of going to put in a roadmap of somebody that if they come about an idea or sure. they come about uh, something that, okay, hey, you know, um, people will benefit from this. Correct. Um, so you basically giving us the, the roadmap of testing the water, um, how to go by. Correct. Building, building, per se. right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. But go ahead, continue. No, absolutely. I mean, um, and again, you know, just a, a rule of thumb. What you really want to do is you want to do two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to get to a product validation as quickly as possible. Okay, and product validation is is a lingo, is a technical term, but it means that is this product what the market wants. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you want to get there as quick as possible with the minimal amount of resources spent. Last thing you want to be doing is, you know, building a product that nobody wants and it costs you a million dollars to build. That you don't want to be in that kind of position. <laughs> if you can help it, it's like uh, uh, the majority of the people that have a student loan. Yeah, uh, half of that student loan is spent finding what they want to study. Absolutely. And 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 basically, this is you brought up a good point because yeah. you don't want to start off the wrong way of building a product and not knowing how you're gonna get a response. First, what you're saying is sure. test the water, put it out there with little amount of resource, yeah. um, get a feedback, yeah. go through the second phase or the third phase, Absolutely. whatever that research is gonna take you. Absolutely. Then if the feedback is what it needs to be, yeah. then really... Then double down. Exactly. Double down. Absolutely. Exactly. So, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a very fine line. Okay. It's, gonna be, uh, it's gonna be dependent on the market you're gonna be entering, it's gonna be dependent on the product you're building. Mm-hmm. But in essence, what you wanna do is you wanna build up, you wanna build out a product that has the minimum features, okay? Features that are going to allow the customer to be able to use that product just as efficiently as what they're using right now. Because the, the misconception out there is the client doesn't have tools right now to solve. Of course, the clients have tools. Right. Otherwise, they would not be in business. So they have tools in place. Your challenge is going to be is can you put a product that can do the same level of work mm-hmm. as what the client is currently using and build it in such a way that is it's resource efficient. You're building it with as, um, as little waste as possible. Um, and that it is a seamless transition for your client to use the product. Okay, so those, so you are in essence trying to ask this client to basically shift from one comfortable chair to another comfortable chair with that client not knowing that there was a change there. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough. It, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> you keep in it's mind tough. that the products yeah. out there yeah. are were and are built by companies that are multi-billion-dollar companies. Mm-hmm. So you are in essence competing with them. 
competition but, is very high. Exactly. So but at the same time, you have a limited resource. Absolutely. Uh, so part of it is, and this is really where, uh, what I what we call in the industry a champion, a customer is going to be critical. A champion customer is a customer who really believes in the vision you're building. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, they will, they will, that type of client would give you um, a lot of leeway. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you have to be careful again. So this, this is yes, because you, it's, you don't want delicate. It's a delicate, absolutely, because they are in business. So you want to make sure that you don't impact their business at mm-hmm. the same time. At the same time, uh, you know you're in a very tight situation because you need to be given a certain amount of understanding because you are new to the market. You're trying to get things up and running. So. This is what I feel like your communication is the most 110%. critical part. Because if, if if they second guess yeah. what you're doing, yeah. it's almost game over for you. Totally, totally. You need you need to have uh, your champion client right mm-hmm. off the bat. Yeah. They need to be there. They need to have a vested interest in an emotional attachment, for want of a better word, That's to what you're doing, to the yep. vision, yep. okay? Yep. Yep. Because they will give you some time and feedback as quickly as possible, okay? Mm-hmm. But here's the catch. You don't want to confuse that champion as being the real client. Yeah. That's that's an ideal, that's a unique situation, that cli- that right. champion. Yeah. Your other clients are going to be indifferent. Yeah. Okay, that's that's, that's a brutal reality. Okay? No, absolutely right. So, and, 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 and if you understand that difference, yeah. you're off to you, a good start. You have, thank you very much. You're off yeah. to a good start. But yeah. again, um, I don't know, we've, we've kind of, you know, we're on good track. But if you're new to uh, business, if you're new to the technology world, um, if you're new to product development, for that matter, these are going to be steep learning curve. Absolutely. Okay, so and I think, uh, generally speaking, this is really where you need to uh, tread carefully. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, you need to make sure when you're undertaking this, if it's possible to undertake it with a team, that complement one another. Mm that bring a different skill set to the table, okay? Generally speaking, I don't advise people going it alone. That doesn't mean you cannot do it. It's that the journey is going to be far more difficult, and what makes the journey bearable is when you have team members Absolutely. at play Absolutely. that you can lean on, Absolutely. okay? Because, you know, I think there's a, there's a classic Somali saying, farfal uh, madakadum. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's, and this is a very stressful industry. This yeah, is yeah. very, very, and I think a lot yeah. of people uh, don't appreciate it. I'm sure as a business man, you can appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, the hardest thing is getting something off the ground. Absolutely. The hardest Absolutely. thing is bringing something yeah. new to the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And what you need, because there's going to be a lonely nights, there are going to be nights where you're figuring out, oh my God, did yeah. I make the worst mistake in my life? And, and, and a great example is this podcast. Yeah. Um, I started about a couple of years back. Yeah. Uh, the idea came to me about a couple of years back. Yeah. Um, I was kind of sort of going to, uh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. I started the Facebook. Um, so so yeah. I can totally relate to it. So sure. once you get off the ground, then yeah. it kind of sort of like it will go to an level where it's kind of sort of an autopilot then and, and but but if you don't have the right people around the, it, it it could be a very challenging absolutely you know? yeah, i mean and the right people could be a number of things it could be absolutely. a business partner it yeah. could be you know a spouse it yeah. could be a family member a friend absolutely. somebody that you can really share the positive and the negative absolutely. somebody you can absolutely. share the, the frustration the excitement uh, the challenges etc so that's really for, from a mental health perspective you need to be mindful of that yeah um, I think typically when people, the excitement, the initial excitements get people carried away. Yeah. But I think you need to uh, 
put that as part of your uh, process? There is uh, a saying, I don't know where I got this from, maybe I read it or maybe I overheard um, and, and somebody say this, um, the, the feelings of being happy mm-hmm. is the same amount of, uh, this is psychology, a little bit deep, the same feelings that when you're angry. So, Interesting. so uh, uh, if you don't different because you get excited yeah. uh, when you really when you're happy or when you feel like you made some sort of a progress, mm-hmm. you get excited. If you don't control that excitement, yeah. it's the same way that you are having difficulty controlling when you're anger. Correct. Uh, it is the same amount of a, there's a term they use in, in and I can't remember that that term, but it's mm-hmm. the same uh, feelings. It's the Correct. same, uh, but it just comes comes about like in different, different formats. Ways, yeah. yeah, different yeah. ways. So so a lot of people get excited when, and you know, there's another old saying that goes, one yes outweighs million no's. <laughs> so that one yes, when you get excited, so you're gonna be able to control it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so the journey of going through, especially in technology and yeah. innovation yeah. And, and, and building it, yeah. uh, um, you will receive a lot of no's. 100%. You will see a lot of, you know, very things that will put you down, yeah. things that negative will come you. But but what, what, what differentiates it is how do you filter that incoming information Absolutely. and take the best out of it. Do you get what I mean? No, 100%. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you raised yeah. this point. I mean, um, myself included, a lot of entrepreneurs I sit down and yeah. I learn from. And, and this is yeah. something else for me as well. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in mentorship. Yep. In receiving mentorship, you know, mm-hmm. even now I feel like I'm I'm super early in my own journey when it comes to the business world or the technology world. So I'm actively out there seeking people who are far more accomplished, far more uh, knowledgeable, and far more ex- uh, we call it experienced than yeah. I to lean on to to gain as much insight as possible. But the rule of thumb I've received consistently in my own journey is you need to have a thick skin first absolutely, and foremost. Absolutely, absolutely. You if you do not have a thick skin, you're in a, in a wrong game. You're in the wrong field, okay? I mean, yeah, you should true. be going home, packing your stuff. <laughs> just go home. Yeah, just but, go but home. You, absolutely, because yeah. uh, you are going to have um, a lot of uh, sleepless nights. Okay. Uh, and in this industry, your highs are the highs, okay? It's, it's, it's the, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to be on cloud nine. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. feel like you've just conquered the world. Yeah. And your lows and the lows, you feel that today is the end of the world. Right. So, so you need to have the mental fortitude. To yeah. be able to continue that journey, and as you said beautifully, you're gonna get hundred no's before a one yes. Absolutely. But you need to have the same enthusiasm. The ninety nine no. Yeah. So okay, you have to have the same enthusiasm as the hundred no, or the first no. Okay, and that's really critical for your yeah. men, for the for the individual's mental yeah. health. So it's really, it's all about tenacity. This is this is the nature of, and I think it, it applies to any endeavor. It's not just in business, but in mm-hmm. any endeavor, you need to have a certain element of tenacity. A certain um, attitude of, you know what, this was a setback. I'm going to push forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that's really critical. You need to have that mindset before you even begin in this journey. If you feel that that is not you, uh, my advice is think twice, because the the journey can be long. I mean, for everyone, what you call it, um, huge hit in the in in the industry, the technology industry, mm-hmm. there are millions that are failures, and nobody knows about. I want to point out if you listen to this podcast um, and, and 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 you have an idea and you want to get started on this idea, mm. um, know that it's going to be bumps on the road. Um, you gotta be able to find a common ground on on how to accept mm. and million knows and how to accept 
one yes, that will just kind of sort of you know, put you on, a, on, on, on like you said earlier, yeah. on a cloud night. Uh, um, so your journey have taken you in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to meet a different interesting people. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, talking to you, uh, I get that sense of the feedback. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and what kind of an advice would you add on um, what I just told, if there was somebody out there that mm-hmm. was listening, mm-hmm. that who has this app idea mm-hmm. or some sort of an idea that they mm-hmm. want to get started or feel like that they can innovate mm-hmm. um, some way, somehow, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give them sure. knowing the kind of sort of an experience you had? Got it. Simple advice. Okay. Keep the idea. Go and get immersed in the industry. Okay, Columbus is a great town. Columbus is a rapidly coming, up and coming town. Absolutely. It has a thriving, we call a technology scene. Get involved. There's so many different uh, meetups. There's so many different groups out there. Get involved. Uh, find your niche. First and foremost, the first thing you should be thinking about doing is learning, listening and learning. Okay, and finding a good mentor. That's really critical. I think a lot of people, and again, looking back at myself, I made these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, just take the time. Get to know people. And what you'll find is people, especially in the Columbus environment, what I found is people are willing to help. But you need to be able to take that first step. You need to be, you need to be proactive in engaging with the, the community and engaging with the individuals. You need to be courteous enough to recognize that these individuals are busy people. Um, you, need to be, you need to be out there. And, and at the same time, it sounds very contrived, but I think it's important uh, saying uh, you need to be seen as a value add. Mm-hmm. You need to be adding value to the relationship. That's really critical. I think. I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> that because a lot of people don't look at it from that angle. Oh, uh, oh boy. And, and, oh boy. And, 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 and that's a big mistake. A huge, huge, huge mistake. If, I mean, the person you are looking Want to connect to. Yeah. yeah. The, well said, the person you want to connect to. Yeah. Um, it's just like you. It's a yeah. human being. They it's have absolutely, needs. Absolutely. If they don't see you as in a value, or yeah. if they don't see the potential that you have, yeah. it's just nothing personal. It isn't. And again, I'm saying and the, the most, the most courteous individual, the, the most polite individual will take that first meeting. Okay. But my rule of thumb is, if so, if I don't know that individual, at a minimum, when I want to connect with them, I say, let's go out for a coffee and the coffee's on me. At yeah. a minimum. That's the mm-hmm. minimum you can do for the individual. Absolutely. Okay. Let them va- let them feel that you value their time and you appreciate it. If you can, if, if you can do one bigger, take them out for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Breakfast meetings are, for me, my favorites. You know, if you can get up 7.30, yeah. my, it's my yeah. breakfast yeah. meeting time. Your mind is fresh. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fresh. You know, <laughs> you, you take somebody out there. Absolutely. I mean, the person is going to feel like, hmm. This is somebody I can I can get along with. Yeah. And people will open up for you. Yeah. But if you I just say, hey, I want to meet up with you. Can you meet me in this area? Um, and that's a goodbye. I think that's a no-no. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> just like in anything, <laughs> I'm sure you can appreciate this after that. <laughs> just like in anything, uh, it's all about human relationship. Absolutely. And the other individual you're trying to connect with has to feel there's something for him or her. Yeah. If they don't feel that, you're going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree, and and, and, and that's an interesting advice, and, uh, and and one that will benefit you if you're out there looking for um, somebody to connect to. Like, um, there's a lot of meetups. There's a lot of ways Absolutely. that you can find, get involved, learn the yeah. bit about the industry before yeah. you actually you leap into. in. Yeah, there is. Um, in, in, in there, there was an old advice that I got. If you wanted to. Um, 
start a business in certain industry. First, go work that industry. See Correct. how you like it. Correct. It's kind of sort of about developing your passion. Mm-hmm. Then, then you will know whether that's something that will feel like a work to you mm-hmm. or whether that's something that won't feel like work to you, but yeah. it's still kind of sort of an, uh, uh, enjoyable. Um, and, 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 um, you had an interesting journey, but uh, and now that was the innovation and the, the, the technology <laughs> part of it. But you also have an interest in 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 in, in the background. Uh, uh, you're from UK, correct? So 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 take well, me. Originally, I'm from yeah. Hammer, but continue. Well, well, yeah, 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 yeah. well, well that's what I was going to say. Take me back. Take me yeah. back. So. Um, and 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 right after the Qabta, how did you yeah. like left in Somalia to come to sure. uh, in yeah. Europe? And yeah, take me. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, let's find that way. Um, born and raised in the uh, Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. 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 We're going way back. Uh, yeah, yeah, we go way back. We go way, way back. back. Way uh, back. So we left Bahalki at the start of Bahalki, Qabti. Qabti. Uh, we, uh, we flew straight into, um, we took a couple of steps into uh, Europe, you know, Italy, uh, the Netherlands, and finally in, okay. uh, in the UK. Okay. Um, by the time we got there, I think we were just a few families in that part of uh, London where we lived. Okay. But over the years, you start to see more Somalis coming in, mashallah, uh, which is always a good uh, it's a blessing because you don't want to be in an environment you are the only what you call a standout. Yeah. Uh, so England was basically where I, I grew up, where I kind of learned the trade of being a teenager. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I mean, London, London, London is kind of. <laughs> London is interesting spot. Let's, interesting let's put it spot. that way. My goodness, interesting yeah. spot. Interesting yeah, absolutely. Spot. But it, 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 that's the first time I, I sure. felt that I was closer to Africa because yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I lived in Columbus for a long time. Yeah. I mean, like like almost 24, yeah. 25. Yeah. Um, and 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 I went back to Hargeisa, yeah. and right after Hargeisa, I went to London, yeah. uh, or maybe it was before Hargeisa. I'm not really sure. Um, I felt closer because. I spent some time in Kenya, so I Very felt much. closer to to Kenya because uh, in Kenya, I mean, in, in America we, we were kind of sort of spoiled because I feel like everybody has a car, so yeah. you were able to get around. But over yeah. there, it's a public transportation. It's it's, it's a, a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Absolutely. So if you want to go to like on the other side of town, yeah. so like your whole day is gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. like two three buses yeah. by the time yeah. it takes you a couple <laughs> hours to get there. By the time you stay there for a couple hours, come back and like half day is gone. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm actually to be honest, I actually yeah. miss the transport, public transport. You know, here in the state side, oh. I absolutely like. Sometimes I get tired of just driving, and me I too, just can't, you know too. I want me the liberty too. of just me jumping too. on the underground or jumping on a bus because uh, there's certain amount of what we call freedom yeah. that it provides. You don't yeah. have to worry about parking or whatnot. Uh, so when we were first when we first arrived, you know, we were probably a few families Somali. So it wasn't as as it is right now. Right, right. now is a very super oh. cosmopolitan city. Yep. Uh, it's yeah. a huge. It's an international city. Right. Uh, but really, it was it was a, it was a great environment growing up. It was you know, um, you learned, we learned a lot. Mashallah, you know, we were very fortunate. Uh, How long you were there in in, in UK? UK, I was my family's still there. Okay, uh, my immediate family's still okay. there. Okay. Um, I left the UK back in 2006 to okay. come stateside. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. So what made you come to the states? Was there an opportunity? In a it was an opportunity. Like Technology wise. No, it's actually okay. an opportunity. Uh, so my background is in the healthcare world. There was an opportunity. I was recruited here at stateside. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, just straight out of uh, college. Okay. Um, but the goal was I was supposed to be here for uh, 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> 
you must have made an impression <laughs> <laughs> from somebody that who will yeah. say, okay, we, we need to give up. Yeah, so so one year became another year. So, they right. say, well, let's add another year to it. I said, oh, man, I'm, you know, because like, sure. again, unless you're from Europe, you, you want to, or the UK, you want to appreciate the market. There's certain things that I definitely miss in the right. UK. Right, right, right. Um, and I felt, you know, America is a great place. It's a, it's a great country to live, to work, etc. Uh, but I had a lot of negative misconceptions. When I, you were coming when here? When I was coming here. I just, I, you know, and it's typical for Brits coming over here. You, you know, you, you feel almost like, you know, you, you feel like, you know, this is a redneck country. It's not very cultured. Uh, not very sophisticated. New York is not like that. Well, California, I mean, no, it, absolutely. LA it depends where you like land, that. though. It, it depends where you land. That is true. That is absolutely. True. So you have those misconceptions. Uh, so for me, it was like you know, live and work for one year, then go back to the UK. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's your home. That's where everybody's is. Um, that's where you grew you up. Meet your family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was the only one out here. Okay. Uh, so one year became two. Two became four. And so, so it's a kind of snowball. Gotcha. And it's all like, it's like, oh my God, what's going on? And the time flies. Uh, and then you settle down, you have family. So each year it becomes more difficult, you know, to, I leave. Just think, to leave. So you, <laughs> mentally you start like, you know, I'm going to go back next year, inshallah. Next year, we're gonna, I'm going to transition out. So one year, two year. Became four, and so on. So and as I'm sure you can appreciate it, you know, once you have a family, it gets even more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you get slower. So it's kind of like, oh man, I don't know what happens to the time. <laughs> it's kinda, it leaves time you. Flies by. Time, time flies does fly. By. Time flies uh, by. So for me, it, it, you know, and again, I, where possible, of course, with COVID, it's been a difficult year. Uh, but typically, my rule of thumb is that um, before I became, when I was a bachelor, it was once a year. We'll, you know, go back once a year, yeah. see the family, spend time there, and come back here. Yeah. Uh, but as you know, as you settle down, it becomes a little bit more challenging. Absolutely. Uh, but. At the same time, I keep, you know, I, you know, I'm attached to both sides. Here, and across the, what we say, across the pond in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It is yeah. good to pond. <laughs> so, so, um, so you feel like you settled here? Uh, for yeah, this is my home, absolutely. Um, yeah. So there's yeah. no, uh, there's no looking back in a sense. I mean, in, uh, besides vacation, there's no looking back. Um, so, living in the UK and living in the States, which country has the best opportunity in the sense of starting a business? That's a great question. Uh, I feel like I was asked this question so many other times. Okay. So I think it's important to differentiate, you know, from a geographical perspective, uh, the UK is probably a little bit bigger than Ohio. Okay. <laughs> okay, just a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. bigger than Ohio from a from a, a geographical perspective, okay. you know, and it has almost six times the population. It's like sixty-five million plus. Uh, well, we only have about ten, I think, eleven million. I can't remember. Are you comparing a country to a country or Ohio? So, I'm, I'm just, Ohio, like the state of Ohio. So, so you asked the question about the opportunities. Right, right, right. The UK. Right, 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 so yeah. I'm saying US yeah. is a continent. Yeah, it's like it's a continent. It's a continent. Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's more appropriate to say yeah. the US versus Europe. E. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I first came here yeah. and. Um, and, and I talk to friends and family in Europe. Yeah. Um, they say, oh, I spent the weekend in France. Yeah. Uh, oh, I took Correct. a train to go to Germany. Correct. Or, I, or yeah. I, from Denmark to, yeah. to Amsterdam, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I haven't traveled. These people are traveling. Yeah. But when you think about it, geographical perspective, yeah. that's like me saying that, hey, I left from Ohio and went to Chicago. Yeah. 
Totally. You know what I mean? Illinois. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. like comes to Chicago. Or or I, I, I travel as far as like to, to, to California. Or, or like, correct. You I think I mean? you, you may have done the way you call it, the Columbus to Minneapolis. Yeah, right? correct? Exactly, exactly. So that's what, yeah. 12, 13 hours? I mean, it's like leaving, Easy. taking a, Easy. A, a car from London to Berlin. Yeah. So it, it, it's similar kind of a, a, a format. So... So if we compare UK to the US, I think there's there's big difference. Specifically, I'm talking about in a sense of that um, here. If you want to start about business, uh, you, are you talking about just the Somali community in general? Well, or? let's just say the immigrant part, uh, communities a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So in here, if you want to start a business, I mean this yeah. this is across the board. If you want to start Correct. a business. Uh, you're able to go register your businesses sure. uh, with a little bit of fee, sure. find an office, or use mm-hmm. your home address. Then until sure. you get an office, then mm-hmm. to get that off the ground, is it that as that easy? So I'm gonna, what I was trying so to I'm gonna to. qualify okay. that okay. because uh, I've been out for almost 15 years okay. from the UK. So okay. uh, whatever I have is probably gonna be either outdated information or totally misconstrued. Gotcha. Uh, generally speaking, um, the UK um, or the US, depending which way you look at it, uh, have a similar layer in terms of business friendliness gotcha okay so there is a you know uk again it's it's a it's a monarchy based society so it is very class driven although it's it's becoming less and less and less important Mm -hmm. uh over the centuries but it's still a fairly uh, hierarchical society the u.s you don't see that as much although people say that it's now you know you have the haves and have nots so from you know business friendliness, I think the UK is as competitive as the US. Um, where the UK, so if you look at it from a Somali perspective, if you're a young Somali male or female and who really wanted to grab opportunities, I think the US offers far more just because of it's a continent. Gotcha. Uh, the UK, you can still find it. it's gonna be a little bit more challenging because it's a smaller country with far more larger population relative to the size. So it's gonna be more challenging. It's also a country that is how do I put this? For want of a better word, it's a country that belongs to a people already. This year, so you're a latecomer, yes. especially if you're an immigrant. You're a latecomer, right? So the opportunities are um, limited. You know, you're not going to go straight out there and 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 buy a, a large piece of land. It's gonna, <laughs> let's be very realistic. That is yeah. true. This year, what I'm saying. So you're not going to be. You know, if, even if you had the crazy idea of becoming a farmer, it's going to be a little bit more challenging because the land has already been spoken for. The U.S. is a little bit more different, right? Uh, the opportunities there, and I think from a from an immigrant perspective, uh, the ethos is different. Mm-hmm. So, if you are someone in the UK, and this this doesn't mean that the mindset is for everybody, but if you're in the UK, you as an immigrant, you have a sense that this country isn't yours. You're a guest in in the country, okay, and it it is what it is, okay. But in the US. It's all, everybody says, this is my country. In other words, everybody's an immigrant. Nobody can say, this is my ancestral land. Gotcha. We're all immigrants. So from a psychological perspective, everybody is on an equal playing field. Ah. But in Europe, in the UK, it's like, you know, you know, this isn't your country. You were born there. You were raised there. You grew up there. Uh, but you know instinctively you're not part of it. Interesting. So it's, it's Interesting. a slight Interesting. mindset difference. Interesting. But it could be critical. Interesting. Yeah. It can be very, and it's really critical for when it comes to even integration, mm. because here again the mindset is that you, you know, nobody owns the land more than anyone else. Right. You could be, you right. could come here as a white European immigrant back in the 1600, or you could just arrive uh, by plane. We call it last week. 
you know, he or she cannot okay, say, hey, this oh, is my country. Or oh, get off the boat. Or oh, get off the boat. <laughs> or oh, oh, come across the border. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. But, but even that, we call it a European Im- yeah. immigrant who's been here for five, uh, 500 right. years, right. cannot in, in their right mind say that this is my country. Right. You don't belong here. Right. Because right. everybody's an immigrant except for the Native Americans. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's a really critical mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And it allows an immigrant individual, immigrant population to be able to feel a sense of ownership. And that's really critical. Yeah. A sense of ownership. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you put it that way because uh, in here, um, if you're an immigrant, mm-hmm. um, you really certainly don't feel that, like you said, that you know, every feel like sense of belongingness. Mm-hmm. Um, and comparing to over there, uh, where the land has already been spoken for, you, <laughs> there you can go. just purchase anything we wanted to if you even had the money. Yeah. So uh, uh, um, that's interesting take. It's yeah. an interesting take on that. Um, but you feel like here, the, you know, you know, the opportunity is a little bit of a uh, kind of sort of an. Uh, I, I like to think that I'm. I'm I like yeah, to. I'm yeah, an eternal yeah, optimistic. Yeah. I'm. I'm very optimistic yeah, in, in outlook. Be. You, you have, have to be certainly. Have to be. Have Some to people be. say you need to be a little yeah. bit more yeah. realistic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, realistic is. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how you really take it. Yeah. This is what we were talking about early on. Yeah. You're going to get a lot of you know, feedback and a lot of you know, uh, 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 you know, can hit a lot of speed bumps is just how you respond you go to about that. It. Yeah, how you go absolutely. about it. We're all going to feel it just how we rise back up. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that um, one makes the difference. So in, in the U.S., uh, I like to think that the opportunities still exist. Mm-hmm. I like to think that, you know, uh, you know, if you have the right aptitude, so if you're willing and able, yeah, you can make it. Okay, and if you you know can put up with the setbacks and the challenges, etc., yeah. and you can get get back up. Um, at the same time, I'm not unaware that as a society, as a country, we have structural challenges. Mm-hmm. There's still elements of structural racism. Uh, there is a growing uh, wealth gap. I'm sure you can you see yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, so that is in itself a very dangerous sign because. Once you see such a large uh, differences between the haves and the have-nots, typically the underlying uh, thesis is that opportunities are becoming more scarce. So that is something that, as uh, as Americans, we need to be very, very cognizant of. We have of. to do that a whole podcast in the world yeah, because it, <laughs> <laughs> we can sit here and talk about it. Absolutely, it's 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 a, it's a very important issue. Yeah. And um, the bottom are making the richer more richer. Absolutely. There's nothing. There's no any other way to look at it too. And a li- little bit of psychology, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, 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 a you know being pushed back. Correct. Um, so how uh, you know you can take that? You can look at it both angles, uh, but. Um, so coming back to full circle mm-hmm. um, and, and the progress we were talking about earlier sure. on about your app and all Correct. that. Correct. Um, and so your personal progress, mm-hmm. where is that lead up to? So where everything stands now? Well, absolutely. So the, so there's two, right? Uh, so that the health technology company I stepped away from. Okay. So right now my, my passion and desire is what right. we just talked about a few seconds ago. Okay. Which is how do we make uh, our society more fairer, more equitable gotcha. society? So really, my passion is still in the technology world, but how can we ensure that young immigrants have that opportunities to come up? Okay. How can we ensure that technology is more democratized? So how do you go in about giving the youngsters that opportunity? Yeah. So typically, so I have a, a, a new a company, a new program where okay. we really uh, engage with young people while they're in school. Okay. We want to give them optionalities. Okay. You know, typically, uh, as you can appreciate, as immigrants, as right. an immigrant community, yeah. we are very focused on academics, okay. which is really critical. But we also open eyes beyond that. We say, mm-hmm. you know, listen, um, there is a totally different world 
that uh, rides alongside academics? Um, have you thought about the technology world? Mm-hmm. Have you thought about gaining skills? Okay, in cybersecurity, in digital technologies. Mm. Okay, have you thought about instead of you know worrying about student debt? Have you thought about after college? Sorry, after high school, uh, with skills training, going into a full time job with a great pay, and maybe working uh, studying in the weekends or the evening. Okay. So by the time you finish, you have minimal debt, and guess what? You have a foot in the door. Actually, I don't want to say you have the whole body right across the door into a really good career. So what we're working on right now is changing perceptions. Mm. You know, really thinking about and asking the question: Is a four-year degree? And I'm a huge advocate. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a faculty member at a we call a local college. I'm a huge advocate of education, but is the way we do education right now the most effective? You know, there's a lot of talk about that specifically yeah. in college. Is yeah. it the right avenue to, you know, to better life? Is it the right avenue to, like, higher education? Correct. Um, I mean, if there's a specific education that you want to go to, like, sure. for example, like being a nurse, sure. uh, being a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, or being a lawyer, those are, those are specifics. Totally. Do, do, do you get? Um, I, I think, it's, it's, I mean, again, um, just being privy to what's happening in Central Ohio, not just Columbus, in Central Ohio, the yeah. opportunity that do exist I'm always blown away by you have really high paying jobs yeah. you know uh, 75k and above okay in the manufacturing industry mm-hmm. Honda Motors there's so many you know Central Ohio still has really high tech manufacturing jobs yeah, yeah, yeah. but when companies reach out to me when CEOs reach out to me uh, they can't find talent especially young black and brown talent because as a community we're not perceptive to that we have a very, very narrow focus that a four-year degree is going to be the path to uh, the American dream. And again, it's, it's, as I said, it's, it's a, for me, it's a developing thesis. Right. Uh, there's still a lot of controversy around it, and I'm right. sure you can appreciate right. it as right. a business owner. Right. Right. There are vested in- interests in maintaining the system. Uh, but I'm approached. You know, I'm asked these questions, like, where are the talents? Where are the talents in the new immigrant communities, the Somali communities? You know, because there is a mismatch between the job opportunities out there and the talents that are coming through. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure, as you can appreciate it, uh, as as immigrant communities, as Somalis, uh, rightly so, the focus is on uh, healthcare and engineering. Right. Okay. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, can everybody is yeah, everybody no. cut out to go to a four-year college? Mm. Probably not. You see what I'm saying to you. Um, where are our police officers? Where are our elective leaders? So there is a ton of avenues out there. I think what is needed is uh, the right talent to be cultivated, the right pathways to be opened up, so that the younger generations that are born and raised, we call it in America, in Central Ohio, in Columbus, feel that, hey, there are pathways for me. Because right now there are a lot of kids, and I'm sure you you, you may have heard of, seen, uh, that are now in penitentiary. Oh yeah. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a growing. It's, it's it. I call it. It's the um, the denied crisis. It's yeah. a, it's a crisis that we we don't acknowledge yeah. as a community. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah and again, you know, you. there are multiple causes for that. But my personal uh, belief is, you know, if kids do not find or do not have an avenue to a future, to a better future, then they're going to take the easy way out. 
And it's just human nature, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, I am like I'm trying to figure out how to in in, in how to kind of sort of an, uh, what angle to come into it. Sure. But this particular topic, because in in and and I have seen kids that are crying for 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 help, um, and 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 in a way where I feel that if one or one community service mm-hmm. kind of pave the way a little bit, yeah. they will all come through. Correct. Because um, I came across a parent, mm-hmm. um, I don't remember, was it like um, last year or mid-year? Uh, it was right about when 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 immigration stuff was mm-hmm. getting hectic with, yeah. with Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And what it was, it was uh, there was people that were locked up and mm-hmm. people that were doing, you know, a few years here and there sure. that uh, weren't totally in, in, in citizens, yeah. but, you know, they get sent back. Correct. Um, um, this gentleman um, kind of sort of said that was, you know, got sent uh, mm-hmm. because now my son is back home and mm-hmm. married, have a kid, yeah. um, and totally about a different lifestyle. Got it. Um, and, 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 and so I feel like if there was a <laughs> no, you're right. some I sort mean, of, an, yeah. you know, like a handout, end, you yeah. know, like yeah. let me grab you. Yeah, Do you get I, what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean, you know. We cannot shy away, and again, um, I'm not, we call it, an expert in the field of right. health edu- uh, in education per se, in terms of the secondary school, etc. cetera. Uh, but we definitely, there are resources that are lacking. You know, if we're specifically looking at the Somali community here in central Ohio, um, although it's starting, but, you know, where we originally landed in right. uh, isn't necessarily the best part of town. It is what it is. Yes. Okay. Yes, and and yes, our kids yes. do not necessarily end up in the best schools, yeah. so they have multiple handicap. Yeah. Uh, before they even graduate from high school. Again, yeah. maybe maybe that's a separate conversation. Right. But the net argument is that, uh, unlike back home where the society raised the child with you, you you don't have the same liberty here. You really need to be on top of your game to ensure that your child. Is has the right resources and opportunity at hand. And I think that's a hard, something that's really hard for us to to understand as a community. Inshallah, but it's also changing. So I don't want to. So uh, so how how are you coming in um, so, and, and grabbing those? So right now is really minds. so right now is is what we're doing is is two things. Okay. So we are it's word of mouth through the communities. Okay. So we work with organization and we our goal isn't to reinvent the wheel. Right. That's not our focus. Right. We want to leverage the resources the Somali community already has in yeah. place. Yeah. We work with the local um, educational uh, organizations. We work with the local masajids. Uh, but we also look with the city, county, and the state. Kind of grease the wheel so you can yeah, move just, a little bit of exactly. forward. Exactly. Yeah, just really right. not reinvent the wheel because right. we, again, it, it, it has zero value. Absolutely. What we're focusing Absolutely. on is, you know, where can we bring our expertise and skill to be able to help uh, mitigate these issues and challenges? And what partners can we bring to the table with their resources so that we can add value to the community? That's really our focus. You know, I think we're, we're beyond the stage and I think community has matured for us to reinvent the wheel. And I agree with you, my brother. I think you're on the right track and I think you are on the track to making a difference sure. down the road. Sure. Um, and and I don't see, it, I mean, there's there's no any other better way to wrap it up, but I want to follow this this sure. progress that, that you're making. Absolutely, um, and When there is, um, you know, in the economy, what we say, tangible and intangible. So, Correct. Uh, um, I think we sh- you should document on the tangible side of it. No, absolutely. Uh, uh, and and we're, we're, and, we're and, keeping and a very close eye. Definitely, let's have like a discussion on on, on, on on those and how 
how pro and how your progress is. I want to say thank you for taking the time to do this. Well, thank you for I inviting know, me. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but sure. I'm glad finally we were able to catch up. No, definitely. Well, I want to thank you for 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 the podcast. You know, again. Uh, I'm always inspired by other entrepreneurs and you are certainly one of those so congratulations <laughs> well thank you I'm putting the time and, and the hustle to stand this up and we it's, it's well it's, it's well deserved and well needed by the community so well, I definitely appreciate the time and the consideration thank you so much thank you we'll leave it that way thank you very much.